Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Well, we have been in a great series, and I get the opportunity to continue that series today, if I can get to my right part of my notes. Um, And I'm just grateful we have the opportunity to be here and involved this morning you know, about 20-some years ago, Lori and I moved to a farmhouse, and in that, at that farmhouse, there's two giant trees. They were about six feet through the middle, so I couldn't get my, I could only get my arms about halfway around them. And they were 70 feet tall, about 70 feet wide, and we kind of had an assumption that they would always be there um, because they'd been there for years and years and were actually part of the family. Lori grew up in that house, and lots of family pictures were taken in front of the tree, Lots of uh, fun things got done kind of around the tree, and it provided great shade for our home as well. And so it was a really nice, big tree. And you probably might have seen trees like that, but if they're your own, you kind of know you get a little attached to those kind of trees because it's part of the home, right? This is who we are. This is the house. This is the tree that provides shade for the house. So we enjoyed that opportunity for a number of years. But a couple of years ago, actually about four years ago, we had two of these trees. The one in the back uh, yard suddenly came out in the spring just like it always does. The leaves looked great. It was this big tree. It was providing lots of shade. It looked really nice. Suddenly I looked in June and I realized about half the tree was starting to lose its leaves, like something unordinary is going on here. And it began to die on that side. So I called... um, the tree trimmer, because it's a giant tree, it takes somebody with a much bigger outfit than what I have to reach it. He came and was talking to me about the tree, and he said, well, have you seen any other parts of it dead? No, we haven't seen any of that. Have you seen anything unusual? No, not particularly, except for this dead part of the tree. Can we just cut part of the tree and keep the other part of the tree, because it's a really nice big tree? And he informed me then at that point, he said, actually, that's not how this works. He said, this tree... Um, as he looked at it, he pulled a layer of the bark off, and in behind that layer of bark was these little critters that looked somewhat like termites to me that had chewed up that layer. Now, the tree was big. It's six feet around. It was only, you know, that deep. It wasn't very deep. That was causing the problem. But here's what he told me that I found interesting. And you can, we got a picture of the tree here. You can kind of see what it looks like. But If you look, the bark has come off that little piece, but it was a big tree. The guy at the bottom kind of gives you an idea how big around that tree was. It was huge. But what we learned was that little layer where those little critters had come in and eaten, that actually was like the veins of the life, what he called the lifeblood of the tree. Like that literally provided the opportunity for the tree to get nourishment. And that little tiny layer, literally, I mean, it was very, very small, the depth of like a half of a worm, if you can think about that is what really killed the tree. But I couldn't see it. I thought the tree was fine until suddenly it was gone. Much like that, what I've found is like it literally is like that in our lives. We kind of are going along. Things look pretty good. The leaves come out. Everybody looks fine. We think everything's great. And in our, particularly our relationships with one another, we can kind of imperceptibly almost not realize that they're being kind of destroyed by things that are going on around us. And we can kind of, little by little, there's a number of things, but it's a little one here, it's a little one here, and the critters kind of come in and destroy our relationships because they really cut off the lifeblood of the Holy Spirit that really is where we build our relationships on that foundation. And this morning I'm going to talk particularly when I talk about relationships about the church, 
the people who are followers of Jesus in those relationships. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're not out of the loop on this, but I'm saying as I address you this morning, think about this from a context of like, this is what's happening. And the Scripture I'm going to use is actually a Scripture that will help you to see, I think, more clearly what God is calling us into as believers. He's saying, hey, you guys, as citizens of heaven, are called to new life, living new ways. And so, we have an opportunity this morning to take a look at that. Now, I know when you talk about relationships, there's thousands of books written, there's hundreds of podcasts, there's studies everywhere about relationships. Many of them kind of leave out, I believe, the most important part of this, which is the Holy Spirit empowerment to make relationships happen. Because when we Relationships can be difficult. They always can be in any situation. But when we have Holy Spirit inside us, it begins to make us it easier for us to relate to one another. Now, we always know that when there's problems in relationships, it's always not me, right? It's always the person who's on the other side, correct? Like, is, don't we know that? Like, you kind of are giving me a little smile. Yeah, you all know, like, right? It's me too, right? We're, it's the two of us. There's two sides to this relationship thing. Well, this morning, I want to take a little bit of time, and we're going to look at Ephesians 4. Uh, but before we do that, I want to pray together, and then we'll jump right in. Father, thank you for your goodness in our lives, and thank you for how you empower us to live in relationships through the person of the Holy Spirit dwelling and living in our lives. You called us, Lord, to live as new creation in a new way, and so we want to look at that this morning. Father, would you just come and empower us to actually open our hearts to what your Word says so that as we look at it, we can live and be called into the things that you want to call us into. Thank you for your presence this morning and that you're here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, I'm going to encourage you to do something we don't do a ton of, but you may or may not have brought your Bible with you. But if you did, I'd love for you to open it to Ephesians 4. If you did not and you have your device with you, I'd love for you to open your device to Ephesians 4 because we want to read a Scripture passage together. It will be on the screens, but if you have something where you can turn into and look and follow along, it would be great. Because um, I think it's important that we look at Scripture and what the Bible says about things because we can easily kind of get off course. And sometimes we are like, well, that's what you think about relationship. Well, what I want to read this morning is what the Bible says about relationship, and it's in Ephesians 4. And the beginning of Ephesians 4, about the first 16 verses, 17 verses, something like that, are really talking about the unity in the body. So, the unity of believers, the people who are in the church. It's talking about the unity amongst those people. The last part of this, which is what we're going to focus on, uh, we'll start in verse 21, is actually living your life. Like, how do you live? And one of the things I want to notice this morning is how do we walk the walk that we're called to in relationship, not just talk about it? Because in our world that we live in, there is plenty of information Lots of it, if you've not looked around. You can find information on just about anything that you want to find information on. In fact, when I Google something, I'm surprised when there's not something found because you can find something on everything. But there's a shortage, I believe, of people walking the walk. I think there's plenty of information. I think how we walk it out matters, and there's kind of a shortage of what that looks like. So I want to encourage you this morning to just follow along as we read together. And I'm going to read off my iPad, honestly, because um, I can see it better without my glasses. So, in case you wonder why. Verse 21 says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, 
Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So, stop telling lies. Let us all tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved in the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. It's really good. And I think most of us would agree, like, we're like, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. You know, Paul wrote some stuff down here, and he's saying, as citizens of heaven with a new nature, this is really good stuff. And he's giving us this list of things. Now, back to what I said earlier, like, but how do we walk it out? So this is good stuff. We just read it. You read it with me. We looked through it. We look at it, and we realize this is good. But now's the hard part sometimes, application, walking it out. So I want to propose to you this morning that in verse 21, actually, when he says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, that there's actually a part that we play in this process that's not just Holy Spirit in us, although it is Holy Spirit in us, but it's also us making a decision to throw things off. So it's us saying no to some things so that we can allow the Holy Spirit to speak and to lead us and guide us and take us uh, down a path. You know, just going on through it just a little bit, it's not self-help. It's about the Holy Spirit indwelling us and empowering us to live this way. So as believers, we should be cities set on a hill. We should be the light to the world. We should live differently. We shouldn't have the same old ways, and actually what the Scripture says, put off old ways and your former way of life. And here's what it says after that. So now, there's, there's this portion of it, but then it says, instead, here's what you're supposed to do. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God. Let the Spirit, did you catch that? Renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Like, if it's just about me trying to renew my own stuff, I just get weary and tired and kind of bail out sometimes, honestly. But it says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts. Let Him, let him actually take time to do that, our thoughts and our attitudes. You know, we don't have the ability to just make it work. We have the ability to allow the Holy Spirit to empower us. We do have that. We can say yes to Him. And one of the ways we say yes is honestly by just opening our hands and receiving what He has for us. He's there as a good God wanting to give it to us, and so many times we are there as humans resisting what He actually has for us that's good. And so this morning, as we're looking through this passage, I think what He's saying is, I want to give this to you, 
But here's the deal, guys. You need to put off the old stuff so that you have room for the new stuff. You need to allow me to be your lifeblood, just like the tree. You need to not let the critters destroy it and allow me to be your lifeblood and allow me to come and do what I need to do. You know, there's really simple stuff he talks about. He talks about stop telling lies. Tell each other the truth. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath. You know, don't use foul and abusive language. I read through that list and I think, okay, God, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. But then I stop and I say, what did it just say before that? It didn't just say stop doing that. It actually said, allow the Holy Spirit to empower me to live the way that you want me to live. Well, he does call us into a better place. He says, you know, as you read through it and as, as you look at kind of Paul's writings, I just love how he gets kind of practical and kind of just down to earth. But in I, and I look through it and I'm realizing how much it's easy for us to make the list ourselves and how that actually allows the critters to come in and destroy our lifeblood, which is the Holy Spirit. Because when we either do one of two things, we either just keep living our old way and just keep cutting them off and destroy it, or we kind of try to mix it, kind of like, I'll do my thing here, God, you do your thing there, and don't allow Him to renew us. It puts us in a tough spot. We are allowing the opportunity for Him to come in, for not for the Holy Spirit to come in, but for the, for the enemy to come in and really destroy the lifeblood that's given to us. You know, the passage just describes it so differently when it says, as citizens of heaven, we have a new nature. So, it talks about, let your new nature come. Put off your old nature. Let your new nature come. You know, it describes it so differently, and I can't help thinking about the contrast of the old and the, and the new nature. You know, Paul's fairly clear that we're not necessarily always have to be in exact agreement with one another, but he talks about living in unity with one another. When we put on our new nature, we can live in unity. That does not mean we're always in agreement. I think we have confused, honestly, so much of this is like, well, I can't, I can't like you. You think differently than me or whatever. No, it's not about agreement. It's about unity, being unified together. We have a group of pastors that meet from the local churches. There's about 13 or 14 churches in town, and not all of them are involved all the time, but many times they are. We meet every month. We feel very differently about the Scripture in very many different ways, which is why there's different churches but we can have unity. We can get together. Guess what? We don't argue when we're together. We actually accomplish some things. We actually move. I believe the kingdom comes as we find unity, and actually we advance. The community gets advanced in the kingdom, or the kingdom advances in the community as we unite. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to always say, well, I don't agree with you. You guys believe this about the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that. Like, we, don't we don't do that, right? But we agree that Jesus is the answer to the world's problems. And because we have unity around who Jesus is, we can come together and we can accomplish things. So, just as an example, as, as we work together, as we walk together, what does that mean? That means we have time and opportunity to interact. That means we allow all of us, including some that are a little more resistant probably to the Holy Spirit move than what we, are, we would say we are here, it allows us to come together, we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, and we allow our relationships to be in a place where we can connect. It means we can have lunch together. It means we can have conversation. It means the kingdom can advance as we work together. You know, those kinds of relationships speak loudly to the world. The world is watching. And I told you I'm talking mostly to people who are the church this morning. The, the people who are not are watching. Like, 
guys, like this is how it is. This is the real part of the world. People say, I want to be a testimony. Well, if you want to be a testimony, then you walk the walk. That's how we be a testimony to the world. Doesn't mean we never say anything, but it means we certainly walk the walk because people are watching. The, the world is watching and wanting to see what God's doing. You know, I think what I find have found so challenging, honestly, over the next last number of months or whatever we've been around is, uh, as a church is to find the, the sense of disagreement and disunity within the church, I believe is kind of um, grieving because it actually does not show that we are actually on this, unified around the same thing. It actually shows kind of the world, unfortunately, that we might be believers, but we behave just like everybody else. That's not what we're called to. We're actually called to more than that. We're actually called to do more. And actually, in this passage we just read, and maybe you caught it, maybe you didn't, but verse 30 actually says this. It says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. I did not write that on my own. That comes out of the Bible. Do not bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way you live. And actually, it's not just the translation. I looked at several translations. I looked it up in the King James, if you're a King James person, and it actually talks about grieving the Holy Spirit, which is about, actually about offending the Holy Spirit, technically. Like, this is serious stuff. How we live, how we relate to one another, how we interact with each other really matters to God. And it really impacts how we walk things out with one another. And so, as we do that, as citizens of heaven, with a new nature, we do not look like we did with an old nature. And when we have these glimpses of kind of looks like old nature coming through, we're like, whoa, hold on. Holy Spirit, where are you at here? Where are you leading us? Where are you guiding us? We actually are to allow Him to continue to lead us and guide us. Because even when we're in tense times, and we, Lord knows we've been in tense times in 2020, right? And things are kind of intense and hard to work through and, and challenging us and kind of in your face and all of those things that are going around. Even in those times, the gospel is still the gospel. And the gospel still continues to go forward. Did you know that in, in Scripture... In Acts, I just was reading this in my, I do a daily reading, and I read through the chron chronological Bible. It's just a Bible that's a yearly Bible, and you can read through it yearly, and it's put in a chronological order. It's kind of a different way to read through the Scripture, but I like doing it that way. This past week, it was actually in Acts, and Acts, in the Acts church was being persecuted. They were under persecution. Saul was, Paul, Saul, that guy, you know, who was, came back to want to kill people, then he was converted, then he became on fire. And then the church became a, got into persecution, and all of those things were happening. But the gospel spread even through adversity. I proposed to you this morning that part of that was the reason was because there was some unity there amongst the disciples. And also, I believe that the gospel continues to spread even through adversity. In, in 2020, the craziest year of my life and probably of all your lives, the gospel continues to spread. So, we're not we're not uh, on hold with that. But I believe the life-giving blood of, of the Holy Spirit is what empowers us to live in relationship so that the gospel spreads. Like, there's this connection that we make. It's not just one thing and the other. It's how it works together. It's part of what works as we go forward. You know, as the gospel spreads, I believe it's because of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. 
I think it's the Holy Spirit in us that ignites us and does something in us. Now, there are some things we put off. We put off the old nature. Yes, we do. We put on the new nature. We allow the Holy Spirit then to empower us to go out and reach into the world. You know, I love the way the Holy Spirit keeps highlighting things to us, right? He keeps bringing things back. He continues to walk with us and brings things to mind and says, hey, this, now this. But He always is calling us up into more. He's always putting us in a place where He's inviting us to more of what He has for us. And as we work through that as citizens of heaven with a new nature, we actually need more of the Holy Spirit than we've ever needed. Now, I don't know if that's completely theologically correct, but I would say this. In this day and in this time in which we live, we are in, under such pressure, all of us. I don't care who you are, and you've felt it. But the Holy Spirit is there for us, and He is allowing us to be filled with His presence. And He's actually inviting us to live, just like it says in Matthew 5, to live as cities on a hill to a world that desperately needs what we have through the Holy Spirit in us. So we have this invitation. So how do we walk it out? What are the things we do? How do we put off our old nature, put on our new nature, and then walk it out? Well, the Scripture seems pretty clear in that we allow Him to have space. And in just a few minutes, we're going to go to a time of worship. And I'm, I'm going to encourage you a little bit to say this. As we worship this morning, would you take time to give space to the Holy Spirit? Would you allow Him to become the lifeblood of your relationships that you're working with so that the kingdom can come more fully in your life, more fully in my life, more fully in those around us? Because we're the light of the world. That's what Scripture tells us. He's inviting us into that opportunity. He's saying, here you go. What do you want to do with this? So as I close, I want you to think about a couple things. What is kind of the more that the Holy Spirit is calling you into this morning? What is the thing, maybe even as we read the Scripture, God highlighted something to you and you said, oh, that's the thing. Or maybe this week as you read the Scripture or reread it, God highlights something to you or during worship God highlights something to you. Take time to consider this. Take time to consider putting it down somewhere where you can see it regularly, where you can write it down, where you can look at it. It's on your phone, it's on your uh, tablet, whatever it is, where you see it regularly, where you have the opportunity to consider, what is God inviting me into? What is Holy Spirit doing in me right now? As I put off the old nature, and I've done that because I'm talking primarily to the church. You've put off your old nature. He's like, here's your new nature, guys. Here you go. Here's what happens with the new nature. And the Holy Spirit is empowering that. We should look different. We should be entirely different than we were. And the world will notice. And they'll be drawn to Him. So write it down. Take time to ponder it a little bit. Think about it. You know, I'm so thankful that as we do things like that, it's not just about that, though. It's about the lifeblood of the Holy Spirit living in us that empowers us then to live our lives. So we can do all these steps. We can take all these things and put them in line. But just like the tree that I talked about, if the lifeblood's not there, it just squeezes us out. But as we worship, and I believe, and we're going to go to worship, I believe as we worship, what happens on us many, many times is actually the lifeblood is rekindled. And so this morning as we worship together and as we take a little bit of time to worship together, I'd love for you to just pause 
Give the Holy Spirit space. Let Him be the lifeblood that comes and grows in you so that as you do that, you are replenished and you are renewed. I'm going to invite the worship guys to come on up. But I want to pray with you, and then we're going to go to a time of worship, and uh, then we'll do a little bit of ministry time together at the end as well. But just give the Holy Spirit space if you would. Father, we're so grateful, so thankful for what you're doing in our lives, and thank you for your love, your care for us. Lord, this morning, as we worship, allow us the opportunity to pause and to take time to allow you to fill us up. Lord, to renew us in a new way, to take all of the things that are in us and refresh them, Lord. And even during this time, give us the opportunity to just focus on what you're doing instead of focusing on all the things around us and allow your presence to be here with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.